Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boo to a Goose, a podcast about expressions, idioms, and slang. From across the pond. And this is the first part of a two or possibly more part episode mm -hmm. um, on idioms and expressions that were utilized in the Lewis Carroll novel Alice's Adventures in Wonderland or potentially also Through the Looking Glass, depending on what we get to. Exactly. This will be the first one. We're doing at least two. This is the first one, yeah. Yeah. And we'll be doing today, Mad as a Hatter. Yep, that's it. Mad as the Hatter. So we know the character. The Hatter? From, uh, yeah, he's just called the Hatter, I think, in the book. He is just called the Hatter. Well, yes, should we talk about the Hatter first, or should we talk about what it means? Let's let's talk about the, uh, well, what do you think? Should we talk about the character first? And okay, let's talk about the character. Because people, I feel like, are coming in with that expectation, since we're talking about Alice in Wonderland. Talking about Alice in Wonderland. Um, Wonderland. Um, so, the Hatter, um is originally from Lewis Carroll's 1865 book, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, and he's a similar figure, although it's unclear whether it's exactly the same one, um, appears in the sequel Through the Looking Glass in 1871. Right. Um, he's often referred to colloquially as the Mad Hatter, although this that specific term was actually never used by Lewis Carroll. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. Um, it, he... He does kind of refer to them as mad. He refers to the Hatter and the March Hare as both mad. Um, he gives them behaviors that are obviously in tune with being mad. You know, sure. how he moves around the table talking to himself and, and doing lots of different things. Yeah, celebrating time. on birthdays. And, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the chapter in which, you know, it, he is referred to, uh, the Hatter and the March Hare are referred to as both mad. Um, by the Cheshire Cat is in the seventh chapter, and that is actually titled A Mad Tea Party. Right. So there are references to madness, but he isn't specifically called the Mad Hatter. That's mm -hmm. something that's come from um, adaptations and a period of time, and people reading the book. Yeah, the tea party itself is mad. The tea party itself is mad, the Mad Tea Party. But, yeah. But, um, it's the Hatter and the March Hare. Yeah, it's the Hatter and the March Hare. Yeah, which I didn't, I hadn't really thought about before. I don't recall if... In the Disney movie, which is, of course, the most popular adaptation mm. and probably the thing that most people are familiar with, I don't. Rec I believe that Alice does call him, or maybe the Cheshire Cat calls him, the Mad Hatter. I yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I sh maybe we should look that up because. But in the book, it's just yeah. I was. He's just the Hatter. Just the Hatter. Just the Hatter. He just he's he's mad by definition, and I also think that we should make something clear just to our American listeners. Mad mean doesn't mean angry. It means crazy in this instance. It does. Yeah, it means, it means insane. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that brings us around to the to the meaning of mad as a Hatter. Mm -hmm. Um. It's just a suggestion that a person is suffering from insanity. That right. somebody is insane or crazy. Right. Um, but the question is, why are hatters considered to be mad? Exactly. And I'd also like to point out that at this point, early on in the podcast, that um, the term mad as a hatter does not come from Alice in Wonderland. Right. That's why Lewis Carroll used it. It predates yes, the book. It predates the book. Right. Um, and I think that that's a big misconception. I genuinely thought that it came from the book, mm -hmm. that he'd invented this character that was a bit kooky and then we would all say oh you're mad like the hatter right as in the hatter from the book and then i just figured that was it it was just somebody had come up with a very well developed character 
that had been passed on generation to generation and people had an idea, oh, you're as mad as the Hatter. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. It it was a phrase of its own um, that Lewis Carroll kind of played on Mm -hmm. in his development of the character. Um, It is is established that there's quite a few references both in the Alice books and other writings by Lewis Carroll that he was frequently parodying or playing with. uh, he, He did a lot of parody of... Um, his contemporaries, mm-hmm. and he would uh, frequently incorporate like common idioms or expressions in his in his characters. Yeah. Similarly to how uh, um, there's some of that in Wizard of Oz, you know, that, that pops up all the time in, mm-hmm. in, in children's literature. But this was a this is a particular phrase that because of the incredible success of Carol's writing, that has sort of eclipsed the origin, and people think it's originated from. As you, yes, yes, exactly. Um, and just one, just out of curiosity, this is something that we say at home that oh, they're as mad as a hatter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is quite commonly used still today in England. I'd say it's pretty commonly used. Um, lots of misconceptions about where it comes from, but but we use it. Mm-hmm. Now, how common is it to use in America? Well, we don't call, we don't use mad to mean insane. Right, okay. That's, that's, just a, that's a, the first one. We say crazy or, mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, you guys say mad. Like, mm-hmm. we, we would really only say it in the context of the Mad Hatter. Oh. Uh, or, like, we might call something madness. It was absolute madness down mm-hmm. there um, to refer to something being like, you know, it was... it was See, Madness is a band in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Our house in the middle of the yeah. street. Yeah. We play them at weddings and it confuses Americans who are visiting. Oh, yeah, baggy trousers. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, like, I, I... We attended a wedding the first time... It was, this was the first time I visited you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We attended a, a wedding uh, for the sibling of one of Annie's friends and they played baggy trousers and I recognized more or less every song up to that point and the ones I didn't recognize I was like oh this is probably like a British pop standard or something Mm -hmm. but that one I was like what is this and everyone's dancing around with their legs up and having a great time and Jacob's like what is happening I mean we know our house that made it over here sure um but baggy trousers is would you say their second biggest hit in terms of like yeah. ubiquitous nature, that's like a novelty song for us. That's like goofy, and I, I could tell by the the way it's people a little were bit goofy. I mean, we danced to it at weddings, but right. I, you know, we don't play it at funerals. But <laughs> <laughs> what if it's their request? <laughs> oh, as I'm being lowered down in Bakitra. <laughs> if you don't know the song, look it up on Spotify. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah, we we don't. Uh, so we would never. I. I can't recall. I wouldn't believe that anyone in America would ever use this. Unless they were okay. referencing the book or movie, mm. what have you. But does do you believe, I mean, you can't speak for everyone, but do you believe the average American would understand what it means? Yeah, or but Or do you I, think they think would think it meant angry? Oh, I bet in that context, just because we know that we would, I think people in the back of their mind would know. Ah man, at, well you know I'm a, I'm out of touch with the average American <laughs> here in my in my liberal bubble over here in, in Oakland, California. Okay, I can't really like, say that I'm in touch with right. everybody. However, uh, yeah, I feel like people would understand in that context that mad mm-hmm. doesn't mean angry. Okay, so it so it is a British phrase as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so that brings me on to the idea that okay, it doesn't come from Alice in Wonderland's uh, the, Lewis Carroll's book, um, The Adventures of Alice in Wonderland. However. Um, we know this because that book is from 1865. Right. The first um, written... Seen in print. Seen in print. Yeah. The first time it was seen in print, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> um, predates this uh, by quite a while. Uh, it's from 1829. Oh, wow. In an issue of Blackwood's Edinburgh Magazine. Okay. So we're talking the UK. Sure. Now, there's lots of different ideas about where this whole thing comes from. 
So I'd like to go through them. I could do the one that's most legitimate first or the one that's least legitimate first. So which way two. would you like it? Oh, no, there's five. But no. <laughs> Which order would what you like? <laughs> uh, let, let's start with the most legitimate one and let's move off to the fringes. I think that's Oh, fine. okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay, most legitimate one that most people agree on um, is the fact that during a period of time, people made hats. There was a whole people, business people around it. Hats. People still make hats, but yeah. there was a big production line of people making hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the hattery business, they used mercury in hat making. Okay. Okay. Um, and in one area in particular in the UK was famous for hat making is Luton, Bedfordshire. That's the east of England. And um, they were using mercury, particularly in the production of felt. And that was used a lot in manufacturing hats in the time, in the 18th, 19th century. Um, and basically people got mercury poisoning. And, and that makes you mad. That makes you mad, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, and it's, it's odd to me that hatters specifically, not other pe- not other clothiers, not other people making mm-hmm. other, or any other one else using mercury, for some reason, hatters were the ones who used it so much that they accumulated a, such a volume of uh, mercury poison, mercury poisoning-induced madness? Yeah, I guess it, it, it became common knowledge that if you were a hatter, you could turn mad. I guess people Not didn't... people who work in, like, thermometer factories. <laughs> Well, I don't know there's health and safety procedures at this time, but, <laughs> but it was something more common with hat- hatteries. Okay. Um, and basically, you know, I'm not sure, people's understanding of madness and mental illness as well, we've got to trace this back as well. Sure. Okay, because at one point, women were mad when, you know, they cried. They were hysteric. Right. You know, so so the idea of mental illness as if you actually drill into it, we've got to understand that people probably had an awful understanding of what mental illness actually mm-hmm. was. Misdiagnosing people, throwing people in asylums, locking them away when they didn't have anything wrong or when they had a physical problem wrong, like mercury poisoning or something mm. else. So people's understanding was pretty weak. Let's put it that way. Um, and were they mad? No, they had mercury poisoning. Um, and what kind of symptoms would they be experiencing? Well, when I looked up mercury poisoning the symptoms vary very widely it depends on the duration of your exposure the amount you're exposed to your age it can all affect your symptoms sure but the most recent kind of case study we could base this on was um in the late 19th century an example actually appeared on your side of the pond oh goodness um with hatters in connecticut in danbury and in danbury um the hatters developed something that was known locally as the danbury shakes and the symptoms of that include slurred speech, tremors, stumbling, and sometimes even hallucinations. So that's the madness that they're talking about when they say mad as a hatter. If you presume that the people in Luton or parts of England were suffering from a similar ailment at the time. Okay, I thought the Danbury Shakes was just a, a Connecticut-originated line dance that involves no movement of the hips, period, because <laughs> it's the Connecticut's the whitest state I can think of. Danbury Shakes, to me, just sounds like a milkshake. <laughs> In two parts, because they do that over here. Remember the Harlem Shake, that meme oh, for a while? Yeah. So the Danbury Shakes is the same thing, but everyone's standing still. <laughs> and not moving. Right. <laughs> because they have no rhythm? Yeah, because no, everyone's <laughs> moving, but they're not paying attention at all to the music. They're all doing the whitey twist. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's basically this is what the, we think it is. That's, that's the definition think... that I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, I just want to, there's a comedy sketch that I was obsessed with like 10 years ago made by Derek Comedy, which was Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino's old sketch group before mm-hmm. he got on TV and whatnot. Uh, that's a, it's called Progression of the Mad Hatter, and it's about a guy who 
um, makes hats, but he works. But they decide they're going to use the old techniques, and the sketch is him gradually getting crazier and crazier, and it's very, very funny. If you haven't seen it, Derek Comedy Progression of a Mad Hatter, check it out. Oh, you they're plug, not paying him, by the way. You, so. uh, madness isn't paying you. <laughs> <laughs> Best funeral anthem ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically where a lot of people agree that it came from. The idea that it came from this specific part of England may be a little bit somewhat disputed. Um, but the idea that it came from uh, the hattery industry um, is, is much more agreed upon. Yeah. Um, there's another idea that it actually came from a specific person, um, somebody called Roger Crabbe. Um, and he was from England in the 17th century. He was a soldier and he was a writer. He was politically active. Um, and for a short time, he worked as a hatter. And then he gave up all of his worldly goods and uh, gave it all to the poor and then made wore a handmade sack cloth for a period of time. He, he adopted a new religion and political viewpoint of Christian vegetarianism. Whoa. Um, and he was quite famous and he did some writing at the time in England. Mm -hmm. So people thought that after being a hatter, he'd gone mad, and this was a symptom of his madness. Okay, so mad as a hatter, instead of referring to, like, hatters developing madness, this is one guy yeah. who, because he went mad, this must just be a hatter's... That's hatter's what some thing. people yeah. think, that it, that it actually originated from this one person instead of the industry as a whole. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, he wasn't completely bonkers. I mean, he had some different viewpoints, maybe, to some people at the time. Uh, You're I saying mean, that he gave all his goods to the needy? and the... He gave all his goods. He was charitable and a vegetarian. And people were like, oh my God. You must be mental. <laughs> it's all that hattering. Right. Uh, I have to wear inexpensive clothes <laughs> that I made myself. Yeah. I'm going to live off the grid. Yeah. So um, that's one theory. Okay. Um, I quite like that one that the, the, all the Brits was, were like, it... dear God, man. <laughs> Have some self-respect. You won't eat a pig? Mad. <laughs> um. <laughs> you, you won't hold on to the wealth you've accumulated? Um. You'd want to help people? He must be get the, called the asylum keeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's one That theory. is pretty funny. Um, yeah. Okay, there's another one related to the same concept of hatters. Sure. Okay, before we go off to other, other things altogether. Right. Um. So, I mean, you could probably tell me why this, this is wrong, but I'll tell it to you anyway. Okay. So people for a period of time, this probably Americans, because they were probably like, we came up with the phrase, not those Brits. Right. Um, Abraham Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Ford Theater. Yep. Watching a play called An American Son. Okay. Right. Wow. Very specific. Good. Well done. Yeah. I bet you did tests on this at school and such. No, I just, it, the, uh, the Lincoln assassination was a brief period of, I was briefly like really into, I don't know what, hat and how, and how that's something that could never happen again. He was just watching a play mm. and security was like, he's fine. Mm. Like yeah, that would <laughs> never happen in a million years today. Well, hopefully America's learned some lessons. Al Gore was supposed to speak outside my high school when I was in high school. He didn't end up doing it. But there were still Secret Service all, like, I was in the park where he was going to speak, mm. and I saw a Secret Service guy up on the top of one of the buildings across the street. Yeah, it doesn't happen now. Yeah. Um, Trump visited uh, this stately home that my brother works at, mm. and um, they, I think they drained the lake or something to, like, outside 
to um, make sure that people couldn't hide or yeah, they did something oh my crazy God. like that. That um, was just insane. And actually, they uncovered a secret uh, room or passageway from a war gone years gone by by doing that that they never found. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Actually, fun fact about the Secret Service: uh, Lincoln created them to fulfill a different purpose. Yeah. He created the Secret Service, and then... They when he, failed him. When he, they, they weren't supposed to protect him. <laughs> oh. They were supposed to do something else. Oh, right. I don't remember what it is, but then when he was assassinated... Was it, was it secret? I, <laughs> but it is known. I looked it up. Um, but when he was assassinated, they were like, all right, we're going to take this new thing that Lincoln created, and now this is their job. Oh. So it was the assassination of Lincoln that caused the secret... They didn't create the Secret Service, but it caused them to do what they've been doing since. Oh. Fun fact. Okay, fun fact. Yeah. Well... Anyway, Lincoln was assassinated in uh, 1865, you said? Oh, I didn't say. Oh, sorry. You might have ruined it now. Okay. (laughs) So, he was shot by Boston Corbett. What? Sorry. John John Wilkes Booth was shot by a bloke called Boston Corbett. Oh, yes. Yes, okay. I was like, no, it's John Wilkes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, they caught up with the guy that shot Lincoln, and that that guy was then shot by Boston Corbett. The story has a lot of guns and shooting. Yeah, he died in a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Boston Corbett was once a hat maker. Whoa. And people said that he was mad as a hatter because he went against orders. He wasn't meant to shoot him. He was meant to... Like, apprehend him. Yeah, he was meant to apprehend him and arrest him. Sure. Um, Shot the president. Sounds so he right. disobeyed orders. Mm. I mean, he didn't... She didn't shoot... Oh, yeah. He shot the guy that shot the president. He shot John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. It's, so, I, he disobeyed orders. Eventually, he, he was forgiven, but he did leave the army and went back into hat making and then went to an insane asylum. Uh, got committed to an insane asylum and escaped and was never seen again. Ooh. So, who knows what he's up to today? Yeah. So, people were saying, oh, this is the origin because of the hat maker and the American history and stuff. Can you tell me why that definitely isn't the origin? Because it was American? Oh, because it happened in 1865. It happened in 1865. The same year the book came out. Well, not just the same year the book came out, but also the first recorded print was in 1829. Oh, right, obviously. So anyone that's spouting that theory, I'm sorry, that's just... That's... People trying to make, uh, make a case for American <laughs> exceptionalism. Like, we invented everything. You know that thing that existed in Britain in the 1820s? We invented it in the 1860s. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. That is, that is an amusing story, though. Yeah. And, and for all we know, uh, that could have led to a rise in its popularization. That's what I was going to say. That could yeah. have led to a rise like in a its resurgence. use the, the fact in, that in the States. Th- that and the book came out. And I don't know how long mm-hmm. it took for the book to be published in America as well. Uh, but probably, yeah, it, maybe maybe it assisted in just like the phrase becoming more proliferated. Potentially even assisting in the uh, general popularity of the book itself. Because it's like, oh, people probably looked at that mm-hmm. when it eventually made its way over to the States, probably a number of years later. And were like, oh, they're saying Matt is a hatter, which is a reference to this thing that happened to us. So mm-hmm. ergo... This book is has some American influence on it. Let's make our more kids read it. I don't know. Maybe that's Possibly. just me spitballing. Do you know what I didn't read as a reaction? Hmm. Nobody stopped and went. Hmm. Hatters seem to be turning mad. <laughs> Why and how can we prevent this in the future? Sure. Or what, when maybe the, I need a career change. What was the Connecticut one? Late eighteen hundreds. Um, that was the late nineteenth century. Yeah, so Danbury they, Shakes was the late nineteenth century. So the phrase had existed for eighty years. Yeah. And then people are like, it's happening again. I wonder what this has in common with that. More than eighty years, like over a hundred years. Madness. Eighteen twenty nine to the 
No, 1970. Oh, yeah, you're England. right. Sorry. I think we did this in a previous oh, episode. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. But yeah, still, a long enough time for somebody to be like, hey. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Save the hatters. Could be, you know, a whole movement. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that's, that's basically where we believe it comes from. But there's a few wilder theories. Okay. Um, well, when yeah, let's move off to the fringes. Stuff that's not to do with hatters per se. Um, there's one, you know, quite simple one that says, uh, someone says it could just be a variation, um, a normalization of the word, the verb hatter, which at one time, um, according to Samuel Johnson's dictionary from 1755, so before the first use of the phrase, it meant to harass or wear out. To hatter someone? It would be to yep. harass them? To harass or wear out. To cause fatigue. Okay. To just be kind of bothersome. And then they think that the word, the verb just got changed through, you know, people using language and applying it to different things. The word got, you. Um, they call the process normalization, got changed to a noun. Mm-hmm. And then we started calling people hatters and it took on a different meaning. Oh, okay. So a hatter is just, in this context, mm-hmm. someone who is bothersome or obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they're mad as a hatter. Yeah, and you're still talking about their behavior. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's not... Yeah, that, make, that makes sense to me. It's not as fun as the other ones. It's not as fun as the other ones, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, it makes sense. And it's a bit more fringy. I, I would wager that Lewis Carroll probably wasn't working from that definition. It, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I'll leave you with, which is even more random, and I'm not sure I quite get this one, so you, you can tell me what you think about it. Um, there's an argument from... Um, uh, two scholars, William and Mary Morris, and they argue in um, 1977, so more recently, okay. the Morris Dictionary of Word and Phrase Origins. They say that the phrase um, was known before hat making was a recognized trade. So they argue that mad as a hatter came before hat making was even a big thing. And so they believe that um, it was it comes from an adaptation of an Anglo-Saxon word, atter. A-T-T-E-R, which mm. means poison. And this oh, is... Oh, like, like, a, like a snake, maybe? Exactly. Uh. Again, closely related to the word adder, which Indeed. is the European viper, which is poisonous. The, sure. The, Europe's poisonous snake. Uh-huh. And the adder. So they're saying that actually mad meant venomous, and hatter is a corruption of the word adder. So mad as an adder originally just meant venomous as a viper oh so it has less to do with insanity and more to do with like wickedness i guess like, i mean venomous if you're referring to someone as venomous then you're applying that they're like cruel or something or poisonous or bad yeah. to be around or toxic or yeah oh. it takes on a completely different meaning very different they said they came up with this in 1977 yeah that's that's when they 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 were arguing this that's when they made the book i can't imagine that's that that's well a, that's it, it doesn't one, change it doesn't change the meaning of it today they're saying that that's where it originated well from. but but it does because if you're implying that someone is like mad as an adder then they're not crazy or dangerous i mean they're, they're dangerous in a different way yeah but then maybe it plays into the fact that mad means two things oh angry it means well, it means like angry or crazy right well uh are the were these people british or american i feel like that's a distinction I'm not sure. Morris. That doesn't really mm. help. It doesn't really help. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's not one of the most popular um, I've, origins. I've never but... heard of that, but that is cool. That is, like, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, mad as an adder. Huh. Just okay. looking at, you know, uh, they're talking originally related to snakes. Sure. But. And snakes are lizards. And Bill the Lizard is a character from Alice in Wonderland. And he goes down a chimney and then gets shot out violently. So he was mad. He's not a snake, though. He's just a lizard. Mm. He has arms and legs. Yeah, I think you took too many jumps there. It's my favorite book when I was a child. I know. <laughs> hence, hence why we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, all the, they're all the origins that I could find. Um, doesn't seem like it's too hotly debated. Seems like uh, people are pretty much in agreement that it comes from the hattery industry. But mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to see what the other theories that people put out there. I mean, we will never know for sure. Right. You know, with all of these word origins, you know, there's no certainty. Right. Because humans just, we come up with language and it evolves all the time. All the time. All the time. So, there you go. Okay, cool. Well, now you guys know the origin of Matt as a Hatter. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Alice in Wonderland episode. Um, probably just that one more. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, but if you have any other requests for episodes uh, that you would like us to do, phrases or idioms or slang, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, it really helps us out with visibility, and we appreciate you greatly if you do that. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob S. Rubin and also Instagram. Do you have any social media you want to plug? Uh, find Boo Goose on Facebook. Find Boo Goose on Facebook, yes. We have Boo Goose on Facebook where we post all new episodes and sometimes other stuff too. Um, like if we find out something interesting after we've recorded, after the episode goes up, we might post something about it as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. This has been Boo Goose. And remember... Nobody says guitar To a Goose is produced by Will Scovel as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song, She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>